We're looking at performances from the top Twins prospects in the system, what it could mean at the trade deadline, who's a trade chip, who's not. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Thursday, July 28th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day, wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker. Three years, four seasons at Twins Daily. Three seasons, almost three years hosting this podcast on a daily basis. And today, I'm going to talk to you about some guys who I think could be trade chips at the upcoming deadline for the twins now this is a prospect day and a year ago right now right before the trade deadline we were having prospect fridays talking about twins prospects we could see who could help in 2022 could help this mess that was 2021 this time around yes it's a prospect day not all these guys are going to get traded a lot of them won't a lot of them will end up playing for the twins hopefully in 2023 or beyond but it's a different view. It's who could get traded at the deadline. You know, who's their most valuable trade chip in their minor league system as the Twins near the deadline in just a few days. They need to make some pitching changes. They need to make some additions. And some of these guys could be on the trade block. So what you'll notice about this group is the Twins have an impressive group of four upper minors hitting prospects who've been outstanding for at least this year, in some cases for now two years in a row. Then they have some pitching prospects who have performed well, have broken out per se at the lower minors. We talked last night about all the upper minors pitchers who are hurt or ineffective. At the lower minors, they do have some very exciting young pitchers. And by the end of this, hopefully you have a better idea of where the strengths are in this system because I think they're pretty clear. It's not at the top end, it's in the depth. And it starts for me, with Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's a breakout drafted in the fourth round last year by the Twins out of Oklahoma State, between high A and double A, 83 games. He's hitting 304, 375 on base percentage, slugging 611 with 25 doubles, four triples, 23 home runs. Strikeout rate is high at 25%, and he's walking in 9% of his plate appearances. But Encarnacion Strand is the type of guy who defines this system's depth. He's not in my top 10. He's just outside of my top 10. But the Twins have been better in recent years in the 10 to 20 range rather than the 1 through 10 range. And Encarnacio Strand is a prime example of that. In some systems, you know, some systems are very top heavy where you have two prospects in the top 15 and then you got nobody near the top 100. Encarnacio Strand might slot in as a top 10 prospect in some systems. Twin system is, is not good. It's not great. It's a little bit deeper. It's a good system. I would say it's a, it's a solid system. Maybe not good. Solid system where they have some good prospects in the 10 to 20 range. And Encarnacion Strand is absolutely a part of that. Third baseman, jury's out on if he sticks at third. We'll see where he ends up in the field. That's another thing you'll see about these twin hitting prospects is uh, many of them are positionless. So that's either a good thing because it means they can bounce around everywhere or it's a bad thing. It means they're a butcher 
everywhere they go. Uh, Encarnacion Strand, there's been good reports about him at third. He's made a lot of errors there as well this year, so getting better. But, man, can he hit. David Festa is 22 years old. The 2021 draft for the Twins looks like a potentially franchise-altering draft, like in their system, because Encarnacion Strand looks great. David Festa looks great. Their first-round pick, Chase Petty, they flipped for Sonny Gray. So that was a really impactful draft, at least in the early going here. Festa's a big part of that. At high A, 52 and a third, 258 ERA, 26% strikeout rate, 9% walk rate. Coming out of Seton Hall as the 399th pick in the draft, David Festa, teams were not sure if they were going to be able to add velocity into his frame. He's super lanky, six foot six, 185. Very lanky frame, but he has added velocity. He's in the mid to upper 90s now. Just nasty. Questions, can he stay as a starter? Can he remain as a starter? Is he a future reliever with his stature? His off-speed stuff is not great. He has a good changeup. His breaking balls are below average, but the fastball buzzes in there, and the fastball is a big reason why he's been so, so good this year in his first year in the organization. David Festa could be the Twins' top pitching prospect by this time next year. Matt Walner, we hear a lot about Matt. He's 24, moved up to AAA. Since then, he's 4 for 22 with seven strikeouts in St. Paul. On the season, hitting 290, 427 on base percentage, slugging 566. He's hit 21 home runs. We talk about it a lot with Walner because it's true. Can he keep his strikeout rate at a manageable number? He's manageable at about 30%. Can he keep it right around there in the majors? The problem is not that he's striking out a lot in AAA. If he did this in the, in the majors, he'd be an MVP candidate. It's more when he gets to the big leagues with the Twins or with whoever, is he going to be able to cut down on those strikeouts a little bit or at least not let it increase, not let them go up even more when you get to the big leagues? Because there is that, that give and take. You know, you get up. If you strike out a lot in the minors, you're going to strike out more in the majors, usually, usually, unless you make some adjustments, and that's possible with Walner. But the power and the arm in right field, he he could potentially be a four or five win player defensively, offensively. Matt Walner from the left side looks special, and he's from Forest Lake, Minnesota, which is awesome. Spencer Steer, we hear a lot about Steer because of the trade deadline, and he seems like the Twins' most likely trade chip, and I think there's some validity to that because he is redundant with other guys on the Major League roster, with Jose Miranda, with Jorge Polanco, and others. But Steer is not a guy I'd be super willing to give up you know, in any deal for any reliever, any starter who could help the team in the second half. He does it all. To me, Spencer Steer is very similar to Jose Miranda, and he's rocking a 19% strikeout rate in St. Paul. He's walking in 11% of his plate appearances. He hits for average. He hits for power. He can play multiple spots in the infield. He looks like a, a good regular. I think he's going to be a good major league regular. And if I'm trading Spencer Steer, I want to be sure that I'm getting correct value in return, not just because he's expendable. When you look at the rest of the roster, you can never have enough good players. And Spencer Steer, I think, is going to be a good major league player. He's got a high floor, certainly a higher floor than Walner, in my opinion, because of the strikeout rate. I mean, he doesn't strike out very much. He draws walks. He does it all. And he's done it all as a hitter this year. Even last year, there was some adjustment with the power, gave a little, a little bit away in strikeouts, but he's cut it back below 20% this year. And Spencer Steer has been awesome. I wouldn't just give him up in any deal. Some more hitters who have been outstanding and some pitchers in the system as well. 
who we could see at the major league level or could see in some trade packages next week after this word from sports card investor folks this is the world of sports cards reimagine the sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource quickly check the value of your favorite cards find great deals and profit from the hobby you love available completely free in the google play and apple app stores the sports card investor app is a must-have for baseball fans it's completely free you can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week and here's the best part you can download the app for free in the google app store or the Apple App Stores, go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. It's the world of sports cards reimagined. I know people who are so passionate about sports cards. This is the best place to go, sports card investor. Go invest in those prospects, those young prospects you like. You can trade for them at Sports Card Investor. It's a marketplace for sports cards. Head over there now, Sports Card Investor app or sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. The MLB trade deadline is coming up. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. I will have rapid reactions to any move made. You can subscribe now to your favorite Lockdown Twins on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you get notified when each episode premieres. Moving along here, Edward Julian is part of the four impressive hitting prospects the Twins have in the upper minors. He's 23 years old in his last 22 games at Double A. Julian has hit 310, 440 on base, slugging 563 for an OPS over 1,000, five doubles, a triple, five home runs. Left-handed hitter. So that's what I like, too, about the upper end of the system. You have some right-handed hitters, you have some left-handed hitters, and you love to see that mix. You know, Walner and Julian left-handed, Encarnacion Strand and Steer right-handed. I love the mix in a lineup. Not all of them are guaranteed to get to the big leagues, but it's exciting. Edward Julian has been an on-base machine the last two years. He draws so many walks. He hits for power. He's hitting for average at double A. He looks like a future big leaguer as well. Kind of similar questions. Position, where is he going to play? And the strikeout rate. How much is he going to strike out in the big leagues? But Julian, I mean, he's part of that depth as well. He's been outstanding for two years now. I remember covering him last year as a breakout. He's been awesome and now doing it in the upper minors at double A. Keone Cavaco, the Twins' first-round pick, in 2019 looks like he might be figuring it out a little bit in his last 16 games in fort myers has hit 288 slugging 542 with a double a triple four home runs and 11 runs driven in i still hold out hope for cavaco as a very talented prep shortstop the twins drafted in the first round i i hold out hope for him he's now 21 years old though and he's still at low a still at low a at 21 he's talented enough this was kind of the case with royce lewis and even with Alex Kirilov and a little bit, you know, with Josh Winder and other talented prospects the Twins have had, they can just they can just turn it on immediately and and get going. Like Royce Lewis missed a bunch of time, comes back immediately, he's good. Yuan Duran has never pitched out of the bullpen in a, in a regular role. He moves to the bullpen, he's immediately good. These guys are so talented, and Cavaco as a first round pick was seen as that. Now, did they make a mistake on the talent level? Right now, it looks like it because he has not. He's not gotten it done. You know, this is this is years now of not performing. He lost 2020 to COVID. That sucked. 2021 and 2022 have been big disappointments, but maybe he's starting to figure it out here in the last couple of weeks. I'm holding out hope for Keone Cavaco. Louis Varlin. Different ways to look at Varlin's season. He's the Twins minor league pitcher of the year last year. Moved up to double A this year. He's working out of Wichita's rotation. 
One way you could look at it is he's been very consistent. 94 innings, 364, solid ERA, high strikeout rate at 27%, walk rate at 9%. The fastball is playing. I've heard amazing things about his fastball up in the zone. You can look at it as a very consistent, solid year, or you can look at it and say he's regressed. He's not as good as he was a year ago. He's given up 13 home runs, and you would hope to see better numbers at double A. It's kind of the, the case with Jordan Balazovic last year. He had about the same line at double A for Wichita, but you want to see better. You know, you'd like to see better from a, a top pitching prospect. Now, for Louie, we're holding him to high expectations. We held Balazovic to high expectations as well because of the year he put up prior to last year for Varland a year ago, he was amazing for the twins in their system. So you hold him to a high standard. It's still been a solid year, just not the same as last year. I think Louis Varland can be a mid rotation starter for the twins. If not, I think his fastball would play wonderfully with that slider in the bullpen. But if you keep moving guys to the bullpen, you're not going to have any starters. And guess what? The twins don't really have any starters. <laughs> they have Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray. So got to try to keep them there. He's, he's eating innings, you know, almost at a hundred again this year. I'm hopeful about Varland, who is from St. Paul, Minnesota. Aaron Sabato is 23, Twins first-round pick in 2020, potentially went back-to-back -back years with busts in the first round. Sabato, though, in his last 35 games, has hit 254, 378 on base, slugging 515, seven doubles, nine home runs. To strike out and hit for as low of an average as Sabato has at the low minors as a first-round pick, an advanced college bat out of North Carolina is really, really discouraging. I mean, it's hard to look at Sabato. He's at high A, he's 23, and his season line is not very impressive. Now, the last 35 games, he's been a lot better. We'll see if he can continue. But to look at his line the last two years at low A and now at high A, how, I mean, I don't see a future big leaguer with the way that he's striking out, and he's not really matching that with power production. He draws a lot of walks, but that's basically all he does. I mean, he draws a lot of walks and hits for a little bit of power, and he's a first baseman where the bar is extremely high to hit. So Aaron Sabato hasn't looked great. He has not looked great, and there's no putting lipstick on a pig here with Sabato or Cavaco. Neither of them have been good, and that's part of why this system is a little bit weaker. If Cavaco was surging and he was up to high A and, and hitting and playing a really good shortstop, and he's the Twins' top prospect, which he has the talent to be, things would be a lot different. If Aaron Sabato was crushing – hitting homer after homer after homer, just having a big power season like Matt Walner's having. But doing that at high A, he'd be part of that next group because he's about the same age. He's the same age as those guys. You would have five high minors hitting prospects who are exciting, but Sabato's just not a part of that. The next guy, Marco Raya, is 19. And Marco came on my podcast after he was drafted in 2020. The Twins drafted Sabato, or no, Sabato, Raya, Kalai Rosario, Alaric Solari, and one other. I can't remember who the fifth player was they drafted in 2020. But Raya stuck out to me in that draft as a potential steal. He was so young at the time. He was a senior in high school down in Texas, committed to Texas Tech, uncommitted to sign with the Twins. And he said to me, everybody's going to know my name. And that just took me. At that time, I, I just underlined his name. I was like, let's watch and see what he does in the minor league system. He's been awesome. His velocity's up. His slider is nasty. He's only 19. He's very small for a pitcher. But that's actually encouraging to me because he's already throwing in the mid to upper 90s and he's you know touching 96 and is not very big. His favorite pitcher is Marcus Stroman 
and he throws harder than Marcus Stroman does. <laughs> so I'm excited about Marco Ryan. His last six games, 18 and a third, 147 ERA, 26 strikeouts, four walks. He's starting tonight in Fort Myers. Really, really like Marco Ryan. If I were to pick two guys who could be the Twins' one and two prospects in the future, their best hitting prospect, their best pitting, pitching prospect in two years, let's say, I would pick Marco Raya and I would pick Emmanuel Rodriguez. And Rodriguez has been hurt with the, the torn meniscus. He's out for the year. Was incredible before he got hurt. And Marco Raya has been great as well in Fort Myers. So those would be my two guys. My takeaways from this, looking at recent production, looking at the Twins and their system and what they have to offer, my takeaway is there's going to be this urge to want to trade guys who look like players who are already on the major league roster. Matt Walner looks like Trevor Larnick to me. Spencer Steer looks like Jose Miranda in just their tool sets, their skill sets, what they do, what they bring to the table. Very, very similar. And you could put Julian into that as well, although he's unique as the on-base ability, a little bit different, but similar. And even Christian Encarnacion Strand, who doesn't really have a position, strikes out a fair amount and, and crushes the ball. You can put all those guys into a similar pool, and that's in the upper minors, the Twins' top hitting prospects. You're going to have the urge. Fans are going to have the urge to say, oh, David Robertson, we could have him for Spencer Steer. Let's do it today. The Twins need bullpen help so badly. I wouldn't be that quick to trade a Steer or an Encarnacion Strand or a Julian. You still need to make sure these are the right moves. You can't be desperate, and that's the answer to why the Twins have not made moves yet. Yes, some teams are waiting. They want to wait and see what they can get at the deadline. But if you came with a, a great offer, some team would say yes. The Twins traded Jose Barrios on deadline day well before the deadline because they got an offer they liked in the morning, and they accepted it from the Blue Jays. I think the reason you haven't seen the Twins trade for anybody is, yes, teams are holding on. But the flip side of that, too, is I don't think the Twins are going to give away a huge prospect package and clearly lose a trade just to get somebody a couple days early. I think they would prefer to wait until deadline day and not maybe have to give up Spencer Steer for a reliever. On deadline day, it gets a little bit, you have more leverage on deadline day because there is a deadline and these teams want to get rid of these players. There's always going to be, usually it's a seller's market. There's usually more leverage with the sellers because, especially with the extra playoff spot, because more teams are in the mix. But I look at this group of prospects, and it's going to be easy for fans to want to just throw guys into prospect packages, myself included, and be like, I would do that yesterday. But I will advise people, last offseason with Luis Arise coming off a good but not great year, Yoan Duran coming off an elbow problem, I put together a package that was Luis Arise, Yoan Duran, Keone Cavaco, and I think it might have been, there was one other prospect thrown in who wasn't like super noteworthy. I tweeted that out from Locked on Twins for Frankie Montas. Would you accept that? Arise Duran Cavaco and another prospect for Frankie Montas. I can't tell you how many Twins fans would go, I would do it today. I would do that today. I would accept that right now. How do you think th those people feel right now? Saying that they would have accepted that deal with Luis Arise doing what he's done. Yoan Duran looks like an elite closer. Like, that's the, that's the risk you run. It's so easy to say you do all these deals. It's so easy to say, let's pull the trigger on that. And then you watch it play out and it's like, oof. And I'm not saying that the Twins should not make moves. I would be disappointed and I will sit here and I will rip them if they don't make enough moves at this deadline, which is at minimum, at minimum, they need a starter who's at 
the level of Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan, and they need a reliever to add to the back end, a good back end reliever. That's at the minimum. They need to get those things done. But just be weary of the packages that you think you'd be okay with as a Twins fan because they do have prospects who I project as good future major leaguers who are going to help the Twins a lot more in six-plus seasons than a reliever would down the stretch here in the second half. Just keep it in mind. Keep it in mind. It's risk and reward. That's why we love the deadline. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'll make your second listen to the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.